All right, so what do we got now? We got one, two, three, four more sleeps until the NHL draft finally is upon us. There's a little part of me that wants to even stop talking about it, to be honest, because it's all crystal balling. That said, hey, guess what we're going to talk about today? Yes, sends up the draft. Pierre Dorian's heading up to the buffet right now. We don't know what he's coming back to our table with, but it probably is going to be delicious. Uh, I have seen the official black jersey. I'll describe that to you. How will the Sens get to the cap floor after buying out Bobby Ryan? The Sens make a small trade, apparently to acquire every Brown in the NHL. Uh, Apparently they have rights to all. Uh, All still ahead here today on the Sens Nation podcast. Thank you for being with us. We hope you enjoy the show. And don't forget, you can contact us at any stage of the game. You can send us an email, sensnationpodcast at outlook.com. We're on Facebook as well, uh, Patreon page. The website is sendsnationpodcast.com. I think that about covers it. And let us bring on the coach. It is Greg Kennedy. How are things, Greg? Very well, Stephen. Good evening. And how are you today? I'm good. You got that uh, pregame nap. That's a good thing. So you're rested and ready to rumble. Always. Yeah, I made sure the fridge was on because I know how much you love hearing that noise coming through your headphones. (laughs) I'm good to go. Excellent. So you're fired up for the draft? You made a good point there. Yeah, like, let's let's get on with it, okay? Enough of the analyses and thoughts and trades and not trading, who they're going to pick, who they aren't going to pick. It was nice to hear uh, Pierre Dorian say just uh, yesterday, it's 99% sure you will be using the number five overall selection and not trading. So hopefully that puts some, some of the scuttlebutt to rest out there anyway. Yeah, and you're saying you're watching TSN's mock draft. And I was, I haven't seen it because I've been working like a maniac today with various things and I was going to watch it later and I was sort of dismayed to hear that they were selecting in the number three and number five positions on behalf of the Ottawa Senators, the exact two guys. Now I've been cyclical with this. I've been evolving into this headspace that I'm in, but at number three, I think it'll be Stutzla to the Sens. And at number five, I have a feeling it's going to be Lucas Raymond to the Sens. And that's what they picked. We're saying they, but it's totally uh, Craig Butt, right? Okay. His picks. And, and uh, he had said earlier, uh, about a week or so ago, when discussing the Ottawa Senators and the draft, he liked uh, Marco Rossi at five. During this mock draft process here today, he said... Um, he between the two of them he chose Raymond but he still likes Rossi but then didn't have Rossi going till another couple picks later even right Lucas Raymond in a couple of interviews I've heard now he said of all the NHL teams out there the Sens have talked to him the most so there's obviously tremendous interest there which is a good piece of insight and and you know what there's a bit of symmetry as well like uh, uh, let's let's think about the Sens history a right winger who played with Frolunda in the Swedish Elite League. Um, hmm. Oh, yeah, their greatest player in franchise history, Daniel Offertson. And they've had success with, with Swedes. And um, I think that bodes well if he's a player that's been, if he says that the Sens have spoken to him the most of every team in the league, then maybe he is the guy and can bring some some flair and some goal scoring to that right, wing, right side. I, I think it's safe to say, no matter who the two players are, they will automatically become Ottawa Senator number one and number two prospect right off the bat. They, they, they'll be the two best players in the prospect pool of the entire organization. Interesting. Yeah, because there's some good ones. So that wouldn't be necessarily an automatic for most people, but uh, 
Well, we'll we'll get a look at them and uh, and see where they are. But yeah, they're very highly touted, obviously, in a very deep draft. So yeah, you, you may well be right. And the reason I'm taking Stutzla, Greg, is and again, it's another hunch. It's another off the page thought, and it comes from well, of course, as we all know, the Sens are getting the scraps. You know what LA does uh, is what will affect what Ottawa does. I mean, they, and I think you have to get into the headspace of Rob Blake. And I said to myself, okay, I'm try and empathize with Rob Blake. What does Rob Blake value? I'm thinking to myself, that's Rob Blake was a was a, a good size NHL player with skill, a good combination of the two, and kind of you know playing the era he did when size mattered. And I'm thinking to myself, he'll probably have he'll like both players, obviously, but I bet a guy like that has a soft spot for a player with the make like the, the Byfield's makeup. And so I have a feeling in all things being equal, I think LA might go after Byfield leaving Stutzla to the Sens. He he compares favorably with Kopitar. He's supposed to be like a Kopitar 2.0. So why not have the kid there playing and learning under his uh, you know, bring the kid on as a mentor, bring uh, Kopitar on as a mentor. And there you go. You've got your Kopitar number two ready to go when he's in a, in a year or two to take over. Yeah. And I was thinking going into the show, Greg, about, you know, it's the final show before the draft. You know, we had to go deep on the draft. And you know what? I have just the opposite feel. I didn't want to do a big interview with uh, some hotshot draft guy because, quite frankly, I just want to get on with it now. I want to see what's going to happen. I feel like last two shows we had draft analysts on. They were great. But I'm now at a stage where I want to talk about other things, but I'm excited about the draft, but I feel like I'm previewed out when it comes to the NHL amateur entry draft. I would agree. And it, it's not just that we were talking about it, but it's everywhere, right? It's, yes. it's you know, since since Monday night and the cup being handed out, all the attention has turned to the draft and you can't stop reading about it. You can't stop seeing stories about it on, on TSN, on Rogers. And uh, yeah, uh, like, let's just get on with it. And in the meantime, there's other things to talk about tonight, isn't there? Yeah, let's get right to the birthdays. And uh, call it. <laughs> <laughs> there certainly are other things to talk about t- tonight. Uh, w- of, of the things I mentioned in, in the headlines, was there something that grabbed you in particular that you wanted to learn? Yeah, who's, who's this brown guy? I've never heard of him. And what What'd can Brown sign? do for you is what you're asking, right? Huh? <laughs> so from Florida, the Sens have acquired Josh Brown. Yeah, he... Uh, he played with the Florida Panthers. He's only played, he's about 26, and he's only played in the last two seasons in the NHL, only playing 93 games in total. So he hasn't been a, a full-timer until this year. I think he played 50, 60 games this year. And uh, he's another right-shot D in there. And it's kind of the Scott Sabrin story. A lot of people go, what about Sabrin? Why, why are they interested in Sabrin? Well, there's the connection to DJ Smith. And... When DJ Smith was the head coach of the Oshawa Generals 2015 Memorial Cup champions, guess who his captain was? The aforementioned Josh Brown. Yep. So Josh Brown uh, won a title with DJ, and so I would imagine that Smith had a huge hand in that. And uh, the other angle here is that he is an RFA. So throw this guy onto this, this big heap of RFAs that Pierre Dorian has to get signed. So uh, we'll see how that plays out. But uh, it looks like now, Greg, you've got... 
Because you don't bring in a guy like that who has NHL experience, unless he's maybe got a shot to play. You could have Zaitsev, Zub, and Brown as your right side defense. Zaitsev and Zub, I think, are locked in, probably, right, based on probable paycheck, and then Brown there. Oh, you almost have to keep Zub just to make sure you can get to get to the floor. <laughs> you know, you've got other things to do to get to the floor, but if you're going to cut salary and cut guys you've just signed, that's going to make it even more difficult to get to the floor. I'm going to assume that these players that they've recently signed and recently acquired, I'm going to assume that they're going to be in the lineup. I mean, they did they they didn't acquire this kid to play in in Belleville, did they? Maybe, I don't know. Um, it's hard to say. It could be a case of here's a favor to this kid, but if you're, you know, I mean, a fourth rounder, that's uh, that's not nothing. And uh, if you're going to just bring in a guy, you're probably going to bring in a guy who doesn't cost you very much if you have plans to just stick him in Belleville. Uh, it's kind of a depth guy, but obviously DJ Smith knows him, so you've got good intel there, and we'll see how it plays out. But you mentioned about the cap floor, and that is going to be a fascinating thing. How in the world will they get to the cap floor? Um, are they planning something big here? Not necessarily because they want to, but out of sheer necessity. Like the cap floor is, again, going to be around $60 million. And I checked out Cap Friendly before the show, and right now they're $38.2 million shy of the cap floor. No, ha- hang on, hang on. $21 million shy of the cap floor. Which is like, wow. Okay, there's still some people to be signed. You got to look at Connor Brown, uh, Anthony Duclair, Chris Tierney. So there's three that need to be signed. That's going to help a little. Let's say four million here, four million there, three million here. So that's eight, nine, ten, eleven. That's what eleven, twelve million right there. Then you got Balsers, Paul, and the newly acquired Josh Brown. I don't think Andreas England is uh, is a head. Heavy priority, nor is uh, Jace Howerluck. Maybe he is. I don't know. We'll see. But those are your RFAs. I'm, I'm thinking Howerluck and Balsers and Paul all get signed. They're not much more than a million each. You know, right. I mean, maybe a million two, maybe as much as a million five. They're not making a big dent there. You're still going to be left with a good 10, let's say, 10 million to, to, to get to the floor. Where are you yeah. going to find that? I was just looking at a storyline about the Winnipeg Jets and Kevin Dayoff, their GM, basically admitting, yeah, it's possible we may have to trade Patrick Liney. And here the Sens are in need of, well, taking on cap. Uh, they have lots of assets, lots and lots of assets, particularly on Tuesday. Mm, got me thinking. They're going to have to do something like that. Yeah, and he fits age-wise, right? Like, let's, let's be honest. Uh, acquiring someone older or someone with lots of term is not what they want to do, right? They, they want somebody who's a little younger, and if he does have lots of term, okay if he's younger, right? But they don't want some 30-year-old with five years left at $5 million per. They, they yeah. do not want that, do not need that. So obviously that's one way to get to the floor is to go out and make a good old-fashioned trade and acquire a player who is of uh, comes with a heavy price tag, right? they, they got to be thinking that way. Because they just gave up a guy who had a heavy price tag. He wasn't playing particularly well for them, but they bought out Bobby Ryan, which, again, the timing seemed odd because the Sens, they're in a different kind of cap hell than most teams are. Their cap hell is to get to the floor not the uh, and not avoid the ceiling. And so, I know, it was, it was odd timing, I thought. What, did, what was your reaction? Was- I've given that some more thought. And, and, and the timing makes sense, Steve. When, when's the time of year? When are trades made? 
trades are made off-season, around free agency, around the draft, right? And here comes the draft. They, they're, they're clearing out some cap space um, to open up a possibility of making some trades, I, I would think, or to sign some RFAs or UFAs because that's happening within three days of each other. So don't keep them around for no reason. Release them now, buy them out now, and clear up that space. Yeah, well, they have to do it this time of year because you've only got two buyout windows during the course of the year, and, and we're in. We're just finishing up one now, um, and that's why Bobby Ryan got bought out with this timing. But uh, I think there's a million reasons because I mean I was I've been pining for it. I'll be honest with you. The last three years, I was thinking, oh, it'd be awesome if uh, Eugene Melnick were willing to you know make the financial investment and buy this guy out. Of course, now Bobby Ryan has garnered some momentum. And now at this stage, after the Masterton thing, after uh, beating alcohol uh, addiction, now I was thinking to myself, okay, I'm, I'm kind of keen to see what Bobby Ryan looks like. The new Bobby Ryan. He's got these troubles behind him. Maybe he's going to be a different character, both physically and mentally, uh, for the coming season. But we never got a chance to see that. But from a financial situation and how much... Uh, the Senators would have had to pay out uh, if they'd done this two years ago or three years ago. It made sense financially to wait till now. I, I, I understand that from a financial standpoint. But yeah, I am more excited about watching Bobby Ryan play this year than I was for any of the last three years. <laughs> Does anybody take a flyer on him? I'm sure somebody will because it'll be cheap. Yeah, it's, He's not going to cost you a lot of money. If you're looking at teams out there that need to shed salary... Well, when you shed salary, you shed players, so you're going to need bodies. There's going to be a lot of players out there signing for league minimum or close to league minimum, bonus-laden contracts, and and he'll be one of those guys. So look at You can't discount the contributions of a Corey Perry and a Joe Pavelski in Dallas, You know, even an Andy Green with the Islanders, older guys who have done some nice things here in the playoffs that maybe that's a way in a copycat league that some teams think that they can get over the get over the last hurdle there to get a Stanley Cup next year. If you're an NHL GM, what are you offering Bobby Ryan when it comes to money and term? Uh, I wouldn't give him much more than two mil and I'd try to go at two years, but he's probably going to want three, you know, two and an option or something, but uh, I wouldn't give him much more than two, two and a half. I wouldn't offer much more than that. Yeah, I I wouldn't mind giving him the money, but I would I would I would insist on it being a one year deal. I think that's uh, what it comes down to because you, you you want to have a look, right? You want to see what he's about, see if he's he truly does have a new lease on his NHL life. Because if it's the same old Bobby Ryan, who unfortunately, well, he lacked for consistency for three good years. That um, I want no part of that beyond a year. And that would appeal to him. Bet on himself. The old. Yeah. Uh, the old bet on myself year, um, it would fit right in with these COVID times. The teams aren't going to want to offer much more than a year or two anyway, especially if it's a reclamation project or a, or a, you know taking a flyer or a chance like this. Um, yeah, you, you, it makes sense at one year or, or two. I agree. But what else are they going to do to get up to the floor? Yeah, well, it's it's got to be something. I mean, that, that's again, that's why the Bobby Ryan thing this particular year. Uh, was surprising because the last couple of years I was like, okay, that's be nice, but the money's not there. And now, now that you need to actually, I, I would just, I, if I'm the Sens, I'm waiting one more year and just, because this year doesn't matter that much. I might wait one more year, see if Bobby Ryan has in fact turned it around. At the same time, he's a popular human being 
and people are cheering for him right now. And maybe if he does turn it around, then then great. If he hasn't turned it around, then you go to you go to the next buyout window. But in the meantime, it's helped you. Bobby Ryan's contract has helped you get a little closer to the cap floor. I, I have no issue with the buyout itself. It's it's just more why this year and not past years. That's I get all. it. I get it. So how how likely do you think the Sens are to take on somebody's bad contract um, to get to the floor or whatever? You know, give us so and so for so and give us a, a guy with three years left at five or six million, and he fits in in here and helps us get to the get to the floor and throw in a second or a first for us just for doing you a favor. How likely do you think something like that is to happen? Well, I don't. I don't think it'll be draft picks. If I'm Pierre Dorian, uh, I think your thought process is good, but I think I'm looking for something a little more NHL ready. Maybe a guy who's about to emerge. You know, tack on. Okay, a guy you need to get rid of because you're in cap hell. Okay, we'll take him off your hands and let him lurch around for us this season. But you're going to give me an NHL ready prospect on top of that or something. Yeah, somebody you drafted within the last couple of years who is ready to make that step and maybe is on too deep a team and hasn't had the opportunity. How many deals do you think Pierre Dorian will make between now and the end of the draft on Wednesday? I have a feeling it'll be less than we're all hoping for. Um, I I really think that that he's going to be very leery about, as I said earlier, bringing on older guys or bringing on guys with too much term. Because the whole plan is for down the road, all these picks this year, the picks from the last few years, that's your future. So we've talked about placeholders in the past. I don't think that a placeholder is some older four years left at $5 million a year guy. I, I think that to get to the floor, there's other ways they can do that. I, I, I look at the idea of helping a team acquire somebody else like that with too much money by doing a, a three-way trade. The Sens acquire somebody, they keep a portion of his salary and move him on to the other team. Sneaky, but it gets you to the floor, or it helps get you to the floor. Right. And then they're also in the middle of a rebuild that they want to expedite as well. So it can play to both those things, getting them closer to the floor. I don't necessarily want to see them take on too much dead wood because I'm frankly, I think, um, in a place where I don't don't really want to talk about draft lotteries next season. Uh, When I sit down to watch a hockey game with a pint in my hand, I want to think about bigger picture issues than that. So I don't want them taking on Deadwood as though they're a lottery team again. At least that's my hope. I don't want another Michael Bodker situation. Um, you know, kind of just taking on bad contracts. I, I I just don't want to look at guys like Artem and Isimov. I just want the team to be making decisions for the sake of moving forward, improving, and uh, get on with it. I don't know. Do you think they'll be in that mode, or do you think uh, is this still another sacrificial season? No, no, you're bang on. The kids are going to play. They went through a whole year of the kids are all right. The kids are even better now. The kids are going to play. That's what I, I, I've said it a couple times now. I just I don't think that the right idea here is to just take on some crappy contract from somebody else. There are decent players out there that are making three, four, four and a half, maybe even five million that you can bring in here who can play and contribute. Um, I think of a guy like uh, Kyle Palmieri. He scored 25 goals last year. 
He's a guy that can play. He's less than $5 million. New Jersey might be looking to move him. There, there are players out there like that that you can bring in that aren't 32 years old with still four years left at $5 million a year. Like the, Those guys, are not, none of the, that thing's going to happen. No, they will not be taking on bad contracts with bad players. They might take on what you would perceive as a bad contract for the team that has that player. It doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad contract for Ottawa to take on. Maybe Dustin Brown, huh? He had a little better. He had a little better year last year, and his last name's Brown. Right? Yeah, they need another Brown. It's all those guys in Tampa, right? Like a like a Tyler Johnson. Okay, he's he's making he, his his cap is hit is five million. He's thirty. Now that five million doesn't look good in Tampa, but it's not a problem here. Mm-hmm. He's worth that. And a right shot who can play right wing. You know, he, he's a guy you could go after. Alex Killorn, Andre Palat. There are guys there in Tampa that they're going to have to move. I think Palat's around $5 million as well, and, and I'm, I'm not sure. Killorn's probably a little less. But there's three guys right there in Tampa that you could bring in, and they can contribute and play. Yeah. That's what you're looking for. Team's up against the cap. Oh, yeah. Tampa's in trouble. Arizona's in trouble. Um, why am I drawing blanks? I'm drawing blanks all night tonight, Steve. There's, there's, there's Chicago's in terrible trouble, right? Cap problems. But there are teams out there. But I still think there's a sneaky little way there with a three-way trade where they retain part of somebody's salary. That's another little thing they can do that doesn't add a player to the lineup, doesn't stop the kids from playing, doesn't force you to play somebody you maybe don't want to or, you know, like you've said, you don't want to watch a Michael Bodker out there. So there's an idea. You can help facilitate a three-way deal and retain part of the salary of the guy that's that's supposed to be the kingpin of the deal, right? I got one to throw out. It would never happen, but you've got two Swedish goaltenders, one of whom is questionable to start the season. Wouldn't it be nice to have an older Swedish goaltender mentor? The kid probably treats him like a god and admired him all his life. Wouldn't that be nice to have an older Swedish goaltender around here to to bring the kid along in net. Yep, Henrik Lundqvist bought out by the Rangers this past week. It would never happen. <laughs> King Henrik's going to a contender, or or he's he's got two choices. One, I want to go somewhere where I'm going to play, or two, I want to go somewhere where I'm going to win, neither of which would be the scenario here. Well, there are other options in goal. I mean, there's lots of UFA goalies out there. Um, yeah. So here's your full list of goalies who are UFAs. Uh, Henrik Lundqvist at $8.5 million. Yeah, that would uh, that would fill a lot of holes. Well, two anyway. Get to the floor. Uh, be a mentor. But there are other options out there. A guy like Corey Crawford, he's got a Stanley Cup ring. Uh, he's a UFA. Just made $6 million. Braden Holtby, Jimmy Howard, Robin Leonard, Cam Talbot's out there, Thomas Grice, uh, Anton Kadobin. And the list goes on. Now we're getting into guys when I talk about Kadob, and he'll get paid because he uh, had a nice run over to the Stanley Cup final. But after that, you're dealing with guys who just don't make enough money to make it all worthwhile. But that's a pretty sizable list of guys who can help you get to the cap floor and maybe mentor your current goalies. Yeah, let's be clear. I don't think Henrik Lundqvist is coming here. I don't think Henrik Lundqvist would sign here. I don't think the Sens are necessarily interested in Henrik Lundqvist. Okay, let's be clear on that. But I do think they're going to have to go find a goaltender. Um, from what I've read and heard, it looks more like Pierre wants to make a trade to get that goaltender uh, rather than assigning one. 
so that that puts you back on the whole Matt Murray conversation. I don't know that Matt Murray, we've had this conversation, does Matt Murray even want to come here? Not necessarily come here, will he want to stay here? So he shows up, is he going to want to sign? You're going to want to get that done quickly if you do get him. You might even want to insist that he sign before you complete the trade. Changing gears, I've seen the Ottawa Senators' black jerseys. I know you don't care one way or the other, but I'm sure a good portion of the fan base does. So I can describe them as such that there aren't really any surprises. The only real debate point on the black jerseys was whether they'd have the white sleeve, the sort of band of white on the sleeve, and maybe a band of white at the base. Those do not exist. So that's... Really only the only bit of news that I saw based on uh, the viewing I had of it today. And so it's just a single red fat thing at the bottom, big fat red band at the bottom. Then you have the two red stripes uh, separated on the sleeves. You have kind of a, I like the fact they've gone to a thinner red collar and not that fat one they've been using for the last few seasons. You know what I mean? On the whites. The whites have that big, almost looks like a like they're wearing golf shirts underneath their <laughs> their, their uniform. They're wearing those neck things that football players wear. Yeah, or something. Yeah, and uh, and they have the two they have the two S patches on the tops of the shoulders. So when you see it, you'll say, "Yeah, I've seen that floating around social media." That exact look, but it is a sharp look. Got to say, but it would have been nice to have some white stripes on the arms. Did you see the new Vegas? Uh, Vegas is coming out with some sort of shiny, shimmery, metallic-looking gold jersey. Well, they're metallic gold, but you know what? At a glance, they look like more of those Nashville Predator mustard deals. No, I don't know. It looks all right to me. Really? Okay. Well, we shall agree to disagree on that one. (laughs) But I like things to be the way they always have. And the Vegas Golden Knights have been wearing those uniforms for so long now. That's three years they've been in the league. But you know what? It's still tradition. They've always worn those jerseys. So, yeah. Of course, we're looking forward to the NHL draft. How are you watching it, by the way? Well, I, uh, I found out that it's on Rogers 360. Is that what channel it's on? And uh, apparently I don't get that one. This happens to me a lot. Like all of a sudden there's something that I want to watch on Rogers 360 and I've got to go into my Bell 5 there and click something and pay an extra two dollars a month to get the channel so i've already done that so I'll, I'll i'll be sitting at home watching it some of this I'm, i've been discussing with a number of other sort of sends twitter people uh, the idea of getting together and uh and doing a a draft show a watch along show with uh other people who are on sends twitter so that might be uh, some fun so well keep an eye out uh, at at tsn steve's my twitter account so yeah Without further delay, it's time for the birthdays. Cue the music. There it is. Okay, it's just epic today. Three guys. (laughs) Only three guys all week. (laughs) I've been waiting all show for this. I know. I've been waiting all week for it, but here we go. (laughs) Okay, Uh, go. You've got Alex Chiasson, who's 30. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. I read something today about him. Uh, Somebody did an article about uh, pronunciations and players who change the pronunciation of their names. And he is one of those guys. When he came to Ottawa, he uh, decided that, okay, here it's a bilingual city and these people can handle it, so I now want to be called Chiasson. 
instead of Chase on or whatever he was called elsewhere before he got here. Oh. Yeah, he's yeah. in Dallas, and I don't imagine there's a lot of French in Dallas. No. Yeah. No, Which he definitely... might help explain why he's not necessarily called Chiasson when you're watching an Edmonton Oilers game out of Edmonton. You nailed that, probably... by the way. Yeah. You nailed it. Thank you very much. Thank uh, you. Sid Howe uh, was born on this date in 1911. He's a, a Hall of Famer, Ottawa guy. He was born in Ottawa. My, uh, my buddy's his grandson, Pat Leahy, a former Ottawa U player, and uh, Spengler Cupper. Yeah, hello, Pat. And lastly, you might have seen him kicking around the rinks. He's been a hockey coach. Uh, I know the Leahy and... name. I, I knew a Leahy who played a kid right. back in the day. There's anyway. Mr. Leahy from the Trailer Park Boys. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Nah, no relation, I'm sure. And uh, finally, the late Ray Emery. Would have been 38 today, and that is, yeah, totally a shame. Yeah, it was... Uh, Seemed like he went down some roads he shouldn't have gone down sometimes, whether it's uh, being late for practice, whether it's partying it up. Um, but, uh, yeah, just uh, not even a hockey story, really. It's just uh, sad to see such a good-looking, nice young man, uh, you know, just unfortunately, tragically perishing like that in that uh, what appeared to be a swimming accident of some kind. Uh, but real sad, but uh, he'd be the only goalie that's ever led the Ottawa Senators to a Stanley Cup final. Yeah, uh, and that was a good year. That was exciting times, wasn't it? Yep. yep. Yes, do we still say that, what was it, 11-day layoff? Kind of killed them, didn't it? Yeah, and maybe nine, maybe 11. And uh, An- Anaheim was like, I think, six. It was a dumb process, but yeah, it seemed to take away the momentum. But you uh, know what? My my memory of that series is obviously different than the facts, Listening to Brian Burke a lot lately on Hockey Night in Canada here, he was talking about the series the other day, and three of them were one-goal games, he said. Is that right? Do you remember it that way? No. No, see? Neither do I. I remember it as, my God, they don't have a hope in hell, and they were never in a game, and like I, I don't remember it that way. Three of the five were one-goal games. Hmm. Well, man, he, he, would, li- he would have lived it, and I'd... I'd... I trust him on that, but it sure seems like, yeah, I agree. It felt really one-sided. It didn't, you know, the Sens won a game that was great and everything, but uh, it never really felt like the Sens were 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 in it necessarily. Yeah, uh, like your two two most vivid memories are Alfie shooting the pocket Niedermeyer and the Phillips' own goal. I mean, those are the two things I remember the most. And my other memory is they didn't they didn't come close too often. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let us call it a day. I, well, next week we need to actually have a serious discussion about free agents, I guess, right? We're actually recording on Friday this week. We usually do it on Thursday for a Friday. And uh, yeah, we will be able to talk about it because free agency opens on October the 9th. So we'll be just in time to maybe do a little reviewing of what happened at the draft. That's what we'll do next week. And we'll also talk about the start of free agency and the possibilities that might exist there. And I'm guaranteeing this. Uh, I asked you earlier to put a number on the number of trades you think Pierre Dorian will make between now and Wednesday, the second ra- or the uh, second part of the NHL draft. I'm putting the over under at three. Oh, I really like three though. <laughs> okay, you can have it. I'll take four because I'm that confident. <laughs> I'm 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 three or under. There's no way I'd be over three. Now they've uh, got one already, and that counts. Boom. Oh, that doesn't <laughs> count. <laughs> it's a fourth rounder from this year's draft. It counts. 
Okay, fine. It counts. Yeah, it was one of this year's picks. Okay, fair enough. I love a good loophole. (laughs) So if that's one, then okay. I'll take the over. Done. All right. We'll see how it goes. And uh, enjoy the draft, everybody. Um, Hopefully the Sens really do pick up at least a couple of bodies that uh, help uh, change the face of this whole thing. Surely there's no fan base in the league that deserves a better, more favorable draft than the Sens fan base. So enjoy the draft, like I say. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you again next week, Greg. See you later. Thanks for being with us on the Sins Nation podcast. If you enjoyed the show and want to help the nation grow, please visit SinsNationPodcast.com. Leave a positive rating or review. Share the show with other Sins fans. Become a Patreon member or subscribe for free and never miss a single episode. Until next time, go Sins Go!